disappointing, baffling, frankly. Getting me to make those mistakes one time in the last series. This one's disappointing. So we we're rolling early in the game and uh, just give it back to them. Those are those are things that we haven't we haven't done, and you just frankly you just can't do if you're serious about winning. Well, James, the series is uh, in a, a tough spot for the Maple Leafs, eh? Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and this is. Um this is sort of what I was a little bit worried about with Florida because I knew they're just such like a high end offensive team that you make any kind of mistake and it's a it's an odd man rush or a breakaway going back your way. But um, you know, it, I don't know that I anticipated the series really looking like this, where for really long stretches the Leafs have been have controlled play and it's almost a little bit in some ways the reverse of the the last series where Tampa had had such control. Um, of possession and, and the scoring chances for long stretches, uh, but lost the game. So, um, yeah. you know, I've seen some fans of saying, is, are we getting, you know, kind of a taste of our own medicine? Is it, have, have the hockey gods kind of reversed this on us? And feels like there's a little bit of that happening. I mean, who would have thought that Sergei Bobrovsky would be just lights out? I yeah. mean, he gives up the two, the two quick goals and to start a game two. Uh, the Leafs are all over them. But then it was just like after that, he was nothing it felt like was going to beat him. And they had how many chances? Like 10, 12 yeah. great chances? I was talking to some coaches and some executives with other teams that had watched the Panthers this year. And like they named like the things that were the re- most people thought the Leafs were going to win. And the reasons why were Florida's not as good defensively and their goaltending is really suspect. Those were like the two things that most people pointed to. And. Florida has been pretty porous defensively. Other than, you know what I would say, Jonas, is that like right in front of the net, they've got a lot of like big, strong guys. They've got Stahl and Ekblad and Gudis. They do a pretty good job, especially when there's a cycle going on of, of clearing the front of the net and not like there hasn't, I think Justin Bourne was saying this on their post game show. Um, Florida's done a really good job of like not allowing a lot of like rebound chances. Yeah, um, that's fair. So the, the I think... I'm sure we're going to get into all this, but I think that, you know, the Leafs just have to get more goals, like the one Matthew Nye scored in game one, like more just like greasy, go to the net, just like bang it in. And because they're not, right now, they're not able to beat Bobrovsky even on the, the clean looks that they're getting. Yeah, I guess the only thing I'd say to that is like, if they get those kinds of chances game in, game out, and obviously they have to win game three, I like their chances of, of, scoring like just think of all the chances that Matthews had that Tavares had that Neander yeah. had but you don't want to you don't want to risk your season on chances though right like you want to I don't know like no they, it's a fair point they have to win the next game so well and to your point like you look at the goal that Alex Kerfoot scores to start game one yeah that's like exactly that what it was right like that yeah yeah and the fourth line was way better that was the best game that's probably the best game they played in the playoffs yeah I don't think the numbers ended up being that great well they were good they were good early, anyway. I mean, and, and good numbers for that liner. <laughs> like, they yeah, just, actually, they were they, okay. Yeah, they got right. they got crushed in you know, against Tampa that fourth line. So, um, you know, Lafferty really seemed like supercharged after sitting a game, and um, or did he miss two games? He yeah, two. he would have sat. Yeah. He would have sat the eleven and seven game too. Yeah. So where are we starting, Jonas? Well, I, I do want to start with with Bobrovsky and and some of the the chances that he's denied. I guess where I've been going, like I've been, I'm working on a story 
probably will come out but by the time this is out just about why i think there's there's reason to think that they can come back and part of it is like obviously their their four best offensive players have yet to score in this series but you think back to like that columbus series where the, those guys weren't really didn't have a lot going this isn't that like you you mentioned to me and we were talking about it after the game like their top line in that game was dominant like with a capital d matthews bunting marner yeah, and 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 I really thought as that game went along that Tavares and Nealander looked as dangerous as they maybe have all year. Well, N- Nealander was Nealander was on it. Nealander's third period was very, very, very impressive. Yeah, right, like a plus for him. And if you get that kind of effort from him, that game kind of encapsulated his playoffs, right? Where like he has the one mistake that ends up in their net, and in early yes. in the game, it's kind of like, okay, what Nealander are we getting? And then he when you know, and, and the good thing was that Keith could see it and just kept rolling him out there. Like he ended up yes. playing like twenty one minutes. Like that had to be that had to be one of his highest minute games that we've seen this season. They had they just had the letdown when they were up to nothing. That they you just, I mean, we've seen it too many times from this team. We'll get to that, um, but I, I I do think like looking at this series so far, Florida has had like after game one we talked a lot about Kachuk and the Leafs needing to find an answer florida has had no answer for matthews like matthews is getting anything he wants and if you look at some of the numbers like it's like 70 percent possession when matthews plays against their top pair it's like 80 percent. like they're just they they've not been able to slow him down obviously he hasn't been able to score which is important like if that continues i think inevitably he's going to break through and obviously james like you just need to win game three and then it's a series like obviously you can't lose game three but then it's 2-1, and then it's then who knows what happens. And if you look at the Leafs in the playoffs, they won all their games in Tampa in that first series. Like I I don't know. There's a reason to think that this is not going to continue with Bobrovsky. Obviously, goalies get hot, and that can happen. But it's just it's a dangerous game to go down 0-2 going on the road. Like There's not very it's many teams. It's not ideal, James, of course. There's not very many teams that win series in that situation. New Jersey did it in the first round, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the Leafs have played for the most part have played pretty well, and it's just the the other goalie's been better than their goalie, and they've made some really dumb mistakes in in both the games that have ended up in their net. And Florida's just a really good counter strike team. So I mean, Sheldon Keefe was he seemed very very down after the game you know and he said like there's we did stuff in this game we like the mistakes we made were things we never did in the last series so you know why are we doing it now well let's talk about that because i kind of i don't know if you want to say i poo-pooed the the idea that mistakes cost them game one like that was part of it um well just the third goal where mccabe and brody get caught up the ice i mean like the you that's know. bad. And it was 2-2 at that point. But it's worse in in game two because it's like a minute and six seconds into the period and, and you get scored on twice on two similar-ish kind of plays where you, you turn the puck over. You can't turn yeah. the puck over rate as rate like a foot from your blue line as you're coming out. Like it's just No, and then a foot inside your blue line too. That's what right? I mean. Matthews yeah. and Neander. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like you're not even exiting the zone yet and you're turning it over and I don't know what Matthews was trying to do there. He like scoops it up into the player that's coming at him. It didn't feel like he had full control of it. Right. So, I mean, part of it is that Marner probably shouldn't try and 
hit it back to him there, right? Because he's like in the middle of the ice and he's covered. And yeah, I mean, I guess probably 95% of the time Matthews can make something out of that. But I don't know if the team's telling them to do that or not, but it feels like they're overthinking those breakouts where they're, I wonder if they're like to beat the forecheck, if they're telling them to make some short passes and to move the puck really quickly and things like that, because both the mistakes felt kind of like that. But so what do you think this is that some of these errors, these like very glaring errors are happening? Like I, I, I wonder if it's partly to do with the nature of this series versus the last one, the style of play. Like, what do you think this is? I wonder if like they're the coaching staff's trying to adjust to such like a aggressive forecheck that they've seen from Tampa and now Florida. I mean, Florida's is probably even more aggressive than Tampa's. And we talked a lot about Tampa's forecheck being aggressive. Um, I wonder if it's just trying to adapt to that and then making a mistakes as a result. <clears throat> I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. It's just, it's just the decision-making is not good in those situations, right? Yeah. Well, it's like, you've got to just simplify. You got to just like, just like what would Luke Shen do? Just like be like Luke Shen. Like it's just make, make the simplest play. Well, and, and there's an element and I think we've seen this, in, in the regular season from the least of times that when they play teams like Tampa, when they play teams like Boston, I don't want to say they play scared, but they play like smart and safe. And, and there's like a different element that I think kicks in just because, you know, the opponent is so top end, I guess. Well, Carolina and, and is like that, right? Like Carolina you watch, is the same way. Yeah. You watch, like, I think Carolina is going to beat New Jersey. Obviously they won game one. I picked them and almost everybody's picking New Jersey, but it's like, it's the, what you're talking about. It's like, the young, skilled, offensively dynamic Devils versus a Carolina team that's missing Teravine and missing Sveshnikov, missing Pacioretty. You know, everyone looks at their lineup. They're like, how are they going to score goals? And it's like, but if they can play really well defensively, they can win 2-1. And, it, you know, they yeah. don't need a lot of goals. And that's the element that we've been talking about this for years. At all, oh, you know, the Leafs look like a better defensive team. They figured out how to not give up odd man rushes. And, like, they've gotten so much better at that the last couple of years. Um. But it's, I don't know, it's burned them a little bit against Tampa and definitely against Florida so far. I do think, though, James, I can, I can tell you just the feeling in the building. It, it almost felt like the way that Barkov goal goes in yeah, kind of frazzled them. And they, I mean, you saw it, obviously, Florida scores again. But even after that, they were really... They just felt like they they were kind of unraveling for like there was like a stretch I think it was like around ten twelve minutes left in the period where Florida might have scored three times like they they were all over the Leafs and that goal like man like you look in the series so far that's the kind of goal that cannot go in now Samsonov says he can't he didn't see it right and it kind of looks that way but like it looked man, like, it, like that like is just a back maybe dipped or something like it was it was like a knuckle puck like those are the kind of crappy shots you take in beer league or something like it was weird coming off the stick of Barkov I don't know if he intended to do that but like it yeah. was a really deceiving like that almost never goes in in the NHL no and like you look in this series so far uh Bobrovsky I believe has a 945 save percentage and Samsonov is at eight eight uh what is it eight seventy seven I believe seven goals and 57 shots and you look in, in game two, I'm looking at natural statric. Uh, he was expected to give up 2.76 goals and he gave up three. So, right. He's just, he's, and, and at times in that game, James, like he, you saw, like he made unbelievable timely saves. He really, really does not look like he's healthy. Like you, you watch him get up for most of these saves and it's just like, oh my God, he looks like he's 80. 
Yeah, they had a package on the on the broadcast where they showed a bunch of the different. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly he's either he's he's got some sort of like a pull or something like in a knee or a groin or something that he's dealing with. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So for him to play as well as he did in, against Tampa, I mean, he's had it for a while, right? Like it it feels like this is something yeah. he had at the end of the regular season, right? Yeah, it does. Um, we should mention and and talk about a couple other things. Uh, obviously, Matthew Nyes gets hurt in that game. Yeah. A, a weird play with Sam Bennett that Bennett will not be suspended for. Uh, do you want to mention the news? Yeah. Just before we started recording, uh, it was announced that Bennett got a fine for the cross check on, on Bunting's neck in front of the net, which I'm sure the Leafs aren't going to be happy with given, you know, Matthew's got this, uh, what, I think it was two game suspension for cross checking Darlene and the, uh, the outdoor game there couple years ago i actually think that the the what do you call it like a suplex or whatever the heck bennett did to nice like he kind of bangs his head against the glass and then like wraps him up and drops him on the i i don't know i feel like that one should have should have been a suspension but i know what the league is gonna say i didn't i didn't ask anyone at the league but they're gonna say you know that's like a that's like a puck battle behind the net and it was a kind of a weird awkward thing i i wonder if like Player safety could say that they didn't think it was intentional or whatever, I guess. Might be, it could be the other thing that they would argue that Bennett wasn't trying to do. But he kind of just like, I don't know, like punches him over or something. Like it's just a really weird play. So this was kind of my point when we were arguing about the bunting suspension. Is it, I don't feel like there's any consistency with this stuff. Like I, I, I just don't get it. Uh, especially now that that Nyes is is hurt, clearly, like I don't know that you could say like is that a hockey play? Like what what is that play? What is he doing? And then obviously like the cross check to the face. I mean, you can watch the video of Matthews against Staline. It's not that different. If if anything, the Matthews one is not as bad because like I, I if I recall correctly, like he's kind of coming down on uh, Daleen because Daleen's. I think it is, Jonas. I think it's because it's bunting, to be honest. Like, I just... Well, then that... But they said, and and again, like, they said in that situation, bunting has no prior history. So, like, it kind of feels like they make this, as I pointed out before... They don't like the, like, embellishing stuff, right? Like, bunting... It's it's so right. weird that the league has these, like, vendettas. I mean, we saw it with Kadri. Yes, and you're then right. Good call. The, the league has, like... I get that they're frustrated when guys embellish or whatever and, and, and chirp the officials and whatever and... But like, are you a professionally run yes. institution or not? Like, you're not supposed to be biased when a future infraction happens. That oh, this guy embellished a bunch, so now it's open season on him. Like, it doesn't make any right. sense. But we that don't like Nazem Kadri. This suspension is indefinite for the re- the rest of the playoff round. Like until the the round is over. Well, right? like, Kadri just, did have a long history, though, right? Like, I mean, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But I, I, it definitely felt like, like I remember when the Kadri thing happened, and it definitely felt like they were kind of like, "Fuck this guy." Yes, a hundred percent. It should be. They should take the emotion out of it. Like I, I get that they don't like bunting, and they don't like like he's. They don't like bunting. I mean, like the refs don't like him. I, uh, the league doesn't like him. Like I, I get it. But like bunting played a very clean game. Like he was great. He was one of the league's best players. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, let me see. Does Bennett have a history? I think he does. Just but, but 
yeah, he's a but pretty. It, he's he's he a pretty. Online, right? Yeah, he's a he's a he's definitely um, tough, physical. I'm sure he's had a bunch of fines and. Yeah. But like, I don't. I don't give a fuck if the like the league doesn't like him. Like, who cares? Like, I get like I understand that it should like, be completely irrelevant. He embellished something in game thirty-two or whatever, and like yelled at a ref. So now you can cross-check him in the playoffs, and and it's just a like I don't know. It's just so well, and you can say that Eric Chernak was hurt, and so does it not matter that Nyes is is hurt? Like, I don't understand these rules. It doesn't feel like there are rules. Like, it just feels like it's made up on the fly, and that's what's confusing. But hey. That's the NHL. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think they should do with their lineup? Um, obviously, Nyes is, is a question mark. We're recording this before Sheldon Keefe's availability today on Friday. So we'll see if there's an update. Uh, I think they have questions to decide on their defense. What do you think they should do uh, in game three? Oh, man. I don't. It's tough right now. I mean, clearly, Lilgren and Hall did not have a great game. In Jordan, you mean? Yes. Sorry. Yes. And, okay. and, and, and and Hall is the guy. Sorry, I'm getting my all my defensemen scrambled here. I, I think I would lean towards 11 and 7, you know, because Nice is coming out. So you're down to 11 forwards unless you bring Aston Reese in. So your decision is like, do you bring another defenseman in? Well, and the question is, which defenseman do you bring in? Is yeah. this like part of this? Yeah. I so mean, I'm, I'm with you, James. I, I think the issue is twofold. Um, I think the the problem in part, obviously, is Giordano has had a really hard time with the pace of the playoffs. He looks his age. But keeping, so so obviously you say like, well, do you put in Gustafson and play him on the left side and take out Giordano or keep Giordano in and just kind of spot some minutes for Gustafson? But here's the, the other thing with Lilligren is when you don't have Justin Hall in the lineup, Suddenly, what they're doing is they're playing Giordano on the first penalty kill. Yep, more exposure, more minutes. So, so I, I almost think you wonder, go seven D and Hall, and and you're yeah. like your third pair and Hall all play like ten minutes and mostly use Hall like on the penalty kill. And the tough thing is some defensemen get used to playing like eighteen, nineteen, twenty minutes, right? And it can be a big adjustment playing ten or eleven. Well, and, and Giordano plays 13 in game two. I think that's probably the lowest of the playoffs for him and probably one of the lower marks for him all season. Yeah, the ice time numbers were interesting across, like over the whole roster last night. Well, Matthews and Marner played a ton. McCabe played a ton. Riley played a ton. That's the most that Keefe has shortened his bench all year, like in, including the Tampa. Like the numbers I have were not just like the, the big guys played huge minutes. Riley. 26 and a half, Matthews over 25. Marner had something ridiculous, right? Yeah, he was like 25 and change, I think. Okay. The, the numbers moved around a little bit. But then some yeah, guys on the low end, like uh, Yarncroft barely played, played eight minutes. You know, Yarncroft, when you need a goal, Yarncroft doesn't really feel like the guy to put out there. So that makes some sense. Yeah. So, and if you look at Giordano's minutes, he's played 15 minutes in each of the first two games of the series. Maybe you bring that. That's weird. They changed it. Um, yeah, maybe the ice you bring that been down. moving around since the game ended. They like <laughs> they like went back and like redid it. Yeah, um, maybe you bring that down even more. Um, I think there's some interesting questions too. With like, if you are going to dress eleven forwards, which is kind of where I'm leaning. I guess that you could just put Aston Reese in, play him with Camp and Lafferty. Yeah, it's just that line sucked in the first round. So, like, the question is, do you think they're going to be better in this round? Well, and tell me what you think of this, James. 
I kind of think I'd play O'Reilly with Tavares and Neander in game three. Like I would just go top heavy and play those guys a ton. Mm. That, that's kind of where I'm at. But, but then it, do you feel okay with what you've got defensively on like your third, fourth line? Well, so what your third line would look like in that case, you'd have Kerfoot, Achari, Yarncroc, and then mm. you just have Aston Reese and, or sorry, you just have Camp and Lafferty as your kind of right. 10th and 11th forward. I don't mind that. I I really O'Reilly looks like he's playing hurt. I mean, I think we said that yes. on the on the last show, but he's still a gamer. Like he's still, you know, he gets that goal in in game two. Like he's still really battling. I I just I think I think some of his mobility seems to be affected. You know, yes. I think he, he's saying it's not the hand that's bothering him. But I, I think it's something else. I'm glad you brought this up, James. This is part of why I might do this. If you look in the series so far. The worst leaf in terms of expected goals, Ryan O'Reilly at twenty one percent, and that line, like that line, did they did get a goal? No, actually, O'Reilly got his goal on the power play, but that line got kind of hammered in game. I'm surprised because I know Tavares's numbers in game two were brutal. Yeah, so if you look at that line, let's see. Well, they barely played. Yeah, they, their number they barely played, so the numbers are kind of whatever. But I mean. To counter my point, James, uh, O'Reilly, Tavares, Neilander played three minutes in game two and were hammered. So I don't know. I don't know what they should do. But I, I, I do think they're going to have to make a change on D. Like that Lilligrid and, and Giordano were just getting hammered by the Panthers. Yeah. It, it was almost like the Panthers were like, we can get these guys, play them hard, and we can turn the puck over. Yeah, and they were right. And they, they were, were right. Yeah, and then you yeah. get to the end of the game and you look at the sheet and it's like, Lilgren only played 12 minutes. It's like, because it was like an adventure every time he was out there. Well, it's like if you don't notice him, it's good, right? And when you notice him that much and he plays 11, 12 minutes, it's not It's great. not even his fault. Like, he's barely played. Like, he's been in and out of the lineup for like, you know, yep, like, sure. he's a young defenseman. I don't, I don't necessarily, like, I, again, like, Lilgren's going to be a real good player in the league. It's just... They made their bet when they brought in those other defensemen and started playing them over him and, and sitting him, and I don't know. But the, the scary thing is that, like, this is a do-or-die game for the Leafs. You bring Hall in. If Hall's still got the yips and makes a bunch of mistakes, then you're kicking yourself. Yeah. Well, he obviously hasn't played in the series, so maybe it'll be different. Um, another thing before we take a break and get to some questions, their power play has only one goal, but they have just yeah. killed – the Florida penalty kill. These are the numbers, James. In about 11 minutes, they have 17 shots, 24 shot attempts. Yeah. And they only have one goal. Well, I, I tweeted a stat about how many high danger chances the Leafs have in the series. I think it's 34 in two games. It's is that lot, right? Yeah. Or is it 36? Uh, no, it's, I believe it's actually 25. High danger in, in all situations? Yeah, because I looked up Bobrovsky, and Bobrovsky has stopped 22 of 25. Here, I have it right in front of me. It is, oh, uh, yeah, 36. I must have had 36 in two games. Oh, that's attempts. Right, I had shots. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, high danger chances. Like, normally in a game, you get, like, you know, 10 high danger chances or something. You don't get 18 in two back-to-back games. Yes. All right, it's question time, Jonas. All right, let's take a break. Okay, James, uh, we're going into game three for the Leafs and Panthers, which is on Sunday, two games or two days between games and then two more days between games after that for some reason. 
Yeah, I think it has to do with NBA and Miami Heat and stuff like that. Like they got the two South Florida teams going head to head. Number one question that people want us to answer by far, and I will give it to you and, and just throw you <laughs> through it. Adam wants to know, uh, is Sheldon Keefe getting outcoached, outcoached for the second series in a row? How do you feel about the job Sheldon Keefe's doing right now? Well, how is he being outcoached, I guess, would be the question. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Leafs are controlling play. It's just like they're making just a couple brutal mistakes. And as I said, I'm not 100% sure if that's coming from the coaching staff or not. Well, and the other goalie is like playing out of his mind. Like, what, I don't know. Yeah, this, the systems look pretty good, right? Like the power play looks really good. The penalty kill looks fine. Like they're, they're look good in the zone. Like, I don't know that it's like the line combinations or like that they're playing like the D pairs that most of the fans seem to have wanted. I guess it's just a matter of like what adjustments is Keith going to make now that they're down. And and how do you eliminate some of those glaring errors? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Is, well, is that on the coach or is that on the individuals? I don't know. I think it's probably on the individuals in those situations. Like, especially it's a, like that, that. Those were two of their four best players, right? Their you just go to them player. and you say, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Coaching, right? That's how you do it, right? <laughs> Simple. A lot of people are, are, are saying things like, yeah, like the next question from Alan is if the Leafs don't make it past the second round, is that what happens to the core four? What happens to Dubas and Keefe? I mean, I think those are the kind of things we should talk about if they lose another game. Yeah. Well, and let's wait. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, I honestly, I don't think this series, I mean, it's obvious it's not over. It's throwing down 2 nothing, But I, I, I still think there's so much in those two games to make me think that they can, like, would you wouldn't be surprised if they came back and won games three and four. Like, it wouldn't be surprising at all. I understand why people are frustrated yeah, for sure. with I get where it, they're yeah. at, but there's still a lot to, uh, a lot of reason to believe that, yeah. I mean, the, I, I thought this was going to be a seven-game series. I still think that that's likely to be the case, and... We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see if Bobrovsky can keep doing this. I mean, like part of the issue with him is he hasn't been able to do this for a sustained stretch for all for a long number of years right now. Yes. Well, and, and I looked up his playoff numbers. His playoff numbers are mostly bad, which take it for whatever. I don't know that that means anything in regards to the series, but he's also 34 and he's not been very good for the entire season. No one better come out of this series with the take that the Leafs need to get a $10 million veteran goalie because that... <laughs> Let's see, let's see, let's see. Ed wants to know, is the feeling Bennett will be suspended for his cross-check on bunting or the Nyes takedown? The feeling was not that, right? Like, you know, there were other, there were media people were saying they didn't think anything was going to happen. So, and now we know there's just a fine. Just a fine. Spin the wheel of justice. That's basically what it is, honestly. Should we give him something? No. Jack, is it bunting or is it not bunting? Oh, it's bunting? Uh, probably <laughs> probably not. Um, Jack says, did we burn all of our puck luck against Tampa? I feel like we've played better against Florida. Yeah, I mean, like, Florida does not have the personnel to shut the Leafs down. Like, they, they just don't. Yeah. You know, Paul Maurice was saying, like, like he didn't get up there at the end of the game and say we played a great game because, like, everyone watched the game. The Leafs are, are shooting, James, 6.5% at 5-on-5 five five in the series. Yeah. Uh, Pony Pony Boy says, "Why does this series feel eerily similar to the Columbus series?" I don't think so. I mean, I think that the Leafs played really kind of listless against Columbus for long stretches. I wouldn't describe, yes. I wouldn't describe what they're doing now as the same. Well, and, and Florida is better than Columbus was. Columbus was good defensively; like they they went into a shell, right? 
like the the dif- the difference was Columbus was like just trying to lock it down and win one nothing, which they successfully pulled off in some games. Florida's not doing that. Florida can't do that. Kyle says, "Why do I love them so much when all they do is hurt me?" Let's say this this series doesn't isn't a long series. Let's put it that way. How should the fans feel about all of this? Like if they play really well but still lose the series, like let's say they lose game three, like should should fans feel better about it? Like I I feel like there's no more more there's no more moral victories for this team, right? Well, let's talk about that when if when it happens. Yeah. Do you, you feel pretty confident that they're gonna? Yeah, get, I don't know why. I I, I just look at the way that the the process of the series, and obviously process can mean jack shit in a short playoff series. I don't know. And by the way, James, you're right. The, the 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 game sheet is just way different than it was after the game. Like after the game, McCabe, when I looked, had played twenty five and a half minutes, and now it's at twenty and a half. Like I don't know what happened to the game sheet. Well, sometimes they anyway. like sometimes they have errors in like the tracking process, and they they redo it. And because I saw, you, you know, in your story, you had a whole bunch of minutes for different guys. I was like, oh, okay. Like, like I think at the end of the game, it said Matthews played 27 minutes. I was like, that doesn't it did. Seem right. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And it had Marner at like 26 and a half and Yarncroft was at 748 and now it's at 836. Anyway. Well, they, sometimes they audit like the shots on goal and stuff like that. And that moves around. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Sometimes they have like technical issues in that. Like they're doing it from the arena and they've got like a few people like trying to watch it and track different things and i would think ice time would be a bit tricky to track with the way people are coming on and off the bench and everything you should i mean you've seen how that goes it's just like literally a bunch of guys calling out being like 12 is on the ice 12 12 and then they they track it by the way guess who led the the panthers in ice time in, in game two uh kachuk mark Stahl, 25 26 yeah, I mean, he's been better than I was expecting, to be honest. I mean, I'm yeah, sure they're not he, having as much success against that group as I thought they would. I, I'm sure his like possession numbers are not great, but like I said, like the Panthers, I think have protected the front of the net relatively well. Like, there's just there's not a lot of rebounds. They're getting they're, yeah. the Leafs are getting a lot of good chances, but they've almost just got to like they got to get like Ryan O'Reilly and Tavares and these guys just to go like in in Bobrovsky's kitchen. Like, they should just be like fighting for the puck in front of them the whole night. Well, and I wonder, this is a thing in, in the NBA where if you're really physical early in the game, you kind of end up earning some latitude from the officials because they're not going to call everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you just make it a real point of just like, we're going to get in Bobrovsky's kitchen. Like we're going to, we're going to harass him as much as we can. And they're not going to call everything. Also, just- as, as the series goes along, as, as Cam Shran has pointed out, um, they call fewer penalties, so you know as yes, the right. as they're deciding games, like get get more aggressive with that. But yeah, I do think that they need to challenge. They need to 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 get really physical with the Panthers' physical defenseman in front of the net. And I know that this Leafs team's not really built that way, but I think that that's what they're going to have to do here. Well, and, and some of the guys that they brought in, like you're not counting on like your depth guys to score, but part of the reason you get Achari and you get Lafferty and like you get those kind of Riley is they can score those kinds of goals. Uh, John says after the third period, he just played his Nylander on the verge of a major breakout. Feels like they may need it. I think it could be coming. Like that's as confident. You know what the, the interesting thing with Nylander is? Is he didn't look confident for most of the, the stretch. Like that's w- what's so unusual about it. Like you know how he's he's a real confident guy. He didn't look that way in the way he played. And all of a sudden when he was getting the puck in the second half of that game, he looked like you're not going to be able to take the puck from me. Like I, you, I'm just going to do whatever I want with it. 
And that's something we hadn't seen. And that that's among the other things that kind of gives me belief that they're going to make this a series. But again, like Bobrovsky, right? Shane, I don't know if you have a theory on this. Shane wants to know why has home ice been such a disadvantage for the Leafs so far? They have one win in five games at home. I don't know how much to put into that. I don't know. I mean, they've won those. They won those games in Tampa, like in amazing fashion, right? Three OT games. Yeah. What do you think? I think I tend to think home road stuff is very just random. Like, I t- it kind of just like it, there's not very much of a home ice advantage in hockey. There just isn't. So, you know, you play all year to finish as one of the teams that gets you know game seven at home, and it, if it's only like I think Dom calculations have it as like a 52% advantage or whatever. Like it's not, it's not a lot. Well, you just, you have home ice and you, or sorry, you have last change, right? So that's like basically your advantage, right? Which is a slight advantage, but not like a huge advantage. Uh, this person does not have a name, so I don't know how to credit them. Blank space says, can loading up the top two lines, which is what you're suggesting. He, he or she suggests bunting Matthews, Marner, Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander, shorten yeah. the bench to three lines with spot duty for the fourth line. Ignore the matchups. Just get them out there. Maybe even go 11 and seven. I don't, I, it's, it, you know, Gustafson didn't really play very well in that game six against Tampa. So I'm a bit nervous, but I wonder if in this series with the way he skates, there was one question and for some reason it hasn't come up. Oh, there it is there. Uh, here's another question, which is somewhat related is the Leafs' lack of offensive depth on the blue line being exposed? Seems like Riley's the only one who can contribute offensively. Like there was that one play when McCabe had like a wide open shot and passes it right. Like you could, like they they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of offense from the defense right now. No, he's the only one who can make plays, right? Really, Riley, and and he's doing that. Like he had some opportunities to get in that game. So I wonder if it's, it's worth putting Gustafson in just as like another guy who can like move the puck up the ice. The only thing that you got to worry about is like, does he make a mistake that costs you? I mean, the other thing with with putting O'Reilly with Tavares and, and something that they're going to have to think about is like, does Paul Maurice try to target that line if he doesn't put O'Reilly there? Because like we've seen, I mean, we've talked about this more than anyone that uh, Tavares and Neilander have been picked on repeatedly defensively. So... That's another consideration. <laughs> I like this one. Tom says, how likely is it for Bobrovsky to regress into a pumpkin? I mean, he's going to have a bad game at some point. but Isn't he? The thing is, is like the, I don't know, it's a danger, it's dangerous if you're going to sit around waiting for that, right? Uh, Tim points out the absence of a cycle buster on the blue line and Jake Muzzin has been apparent in these playoffs. Is there another strategy to employ to stop the cycle or are they doomed to have to endure it without someone capable of stopping it. I mean, they've spent a lot less time facing a cycle against Florida than against Tampa. Yeah. You know, and I think that, I mean, McCabe can break a cycle. Shen can break a cycle. Like they do have some players who can do it. Have you noticed the cycle being a problem in these first two games? No, I I think you're right. I think there, there have been spots like we talked about with Lilligren and Giordano where Florida has been so aggressive and physical on their forecheck. Yeah. That it's caused some issues. So what? Uh, this is the way I'm leading Jonas. Like maybe you take Lilgren out, you bring mm-hmm. Hall and Gustafson in, gives you a bunch of different options and yeah, different like looks that. depending on what I you like need. That. I think that's what I would do because then you can take some pressure off uh, Giordano both on the penalty kill and five on five because you can s- 
you can put in. They use Giordano on power play too, right? Like you maybe you just get Gutsison out there to take yeah. those minutes as well. Like it's yeah, just too I much for Giordano to be out there all the time. Like he went out there for power play too at one point. It's like he's like, like I know he's been okay in that spot, but he just looks the playoff pace. He just looks like old. I mean, this it, we've seen this so many times over the years. Like it can happen really fast, where just all of a sudden you just look old right you, you we saw it with spezzo we saw it with simmons well we've, we've seen, seen it, it in the playoffs too thornton. right where like the regular season pace they're fine and then you get to the playoff like thornton it was like he in yeah, the playoffs it's like play. man he looks brutal he still hasn't officially retired right that's what's what's going on with that well maybe he's gonna play over in switzerland or something i mean his wife's from there they spend a lot of team over there so he's in some commercials that's been fun to see <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's still deciding i don't know Maybe he had some injuries. I know last season didn't go very well for him. Uh, Dean says, in, for the lineup, can they play 13 and 5? How about 14 and 4? <laughs> How few defensemen can they have in the lineup? I, that's a joke. I think that he's not confident in some of the defensemen that they've they've got. It's interesting that you know that they came into the playoffs with like 9, 10 NHL defensemen and they it, it, it doesn't really feel like next man up is like you just don't you don't feel good right now about Giordano Lilgren Hall or Gustafson or Timmons they really miss M- Muzzin man like that that I like I see him all the time just because he's he's still around the team all the time it must be killing him to watch this and not be out there yes uh Cody says any chance we see Matt Murray in game three no literally zero chance um I I wonder if Samsonov struggles in game three if you think about wool or game no four way. no your season on the line i don't think so yeah people are like it's starting to get mentioned <laughs> it's starting to show up on social media is there a world where murray comes back and is the backup for three or four and then the series changes and the leafs get back into it samson doesn't play well and murray gets back in that's not inconceivable it doesn't seem likely though yeah, Lucas says, should we be talking more about Samsonov's play in the playoffs? His goals against is over three. His save percentage is under 900. I mean, I think Samsonov has been, he's just been so good at, at periods and won them games, right? So I think people are giving him some more bandwidth maybe than the overall numbers. Yeah, I think he's been just okay, to quote a former Leafs coach. Uh, Joey says, should fans have chanted, we want Boston instead? I mean, I think... I had a big rant about this before the series started, but Florida is not a 92-point team. It's a good hockey team. Uh, I think that's it. Lots of questions, but but a lot of questions that are repetitive. Um, Mo wants to know, do we have a favorite in the Kentucky Derby? (laughs) Did not even know that that was happening. You know who? I'll pick the horse that's owned by the the Panthers owner, Vinny Viola. Apparently, see, I actually know something about it. Wow, that's good. Your pop culture knowledge is improving. Is that pop culture? No, not really. Nobody cares. It's sports. Nobody cares. People love that. People love horse racing. <laughs> did you ever go to horse races when you were... My, my dad used to take me to the races. It's interesting. People get so into it. Yeah. That's my pick. All right, James. So go place your bets, everybody. <laughs> Just don't, don't believe in James. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? All right, uh, so we will be back after game three. We'll see where the series lies. The Leafs obviously need a win. Go to theathletic.com slash report to read all our stuff uh, from this series. 
me, Glo, Dom, Pierre, yeah. Bits. If you haven't subscribed, people, James, just download the app. Downloading the app is free. Take a look. If there's anything you want to read, usually get a, a good introductory offer. We could we could use the support. Sign on up. And if you're a New York Times subscriber, you can package your athletic subscription with the New York Times, which is which is an awesome deal. Well, and the New York Times has so many different things you can do, like besides just the New York Times. Or yeah. Yeah. Do you do you like do you play any of the games on there? I do. I'm a big fan of their cooking app. I have been for like a long time pre uh, the Times buying the Athletic. Yeah, you so. got to you got to do your Wordle. You got to play Spelling Bee. There's lots. It's it's funny that we started as this tiny company. Like when you joined, whatever. When did you join? Like five and a half years ago. Like we, you know, we were a company of like whatever it was, forty people, and now it's we're part of this massive media organization. It's pretty interesting. Good times, James. The times are good. Let's see how this series goes. Uh, we will talk uh, next week. Thanks, James. Thanks, Jonas.